You're listening to Bloom in Tech with David Bloom. This podcast sponsored by Fabric Media in Venice, California. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Bloom in Tech. I'm your host, David Bloom. We get together to talk about some of the happenings in technology, entertainment, and media, and how they are colliding at uh, warp speed and some of the results of all that, picking through the rubble of those collisions to find some golden gems of wisdom. I've been thinking a lot about Netflix uh, lately in particular. They've just released their slate of films that they're going to be doing special release patterns with. They're going to actually leave them in theaters longer than usual. They used to do day and date only, and they used to say, well, we just want to make sure that all our customers, our paying subscribers, get a chance to see our films as soon as possible. Last year that changed, this year it will change even more. After bagging four Oscars last season at prodigious cost, Netflix will make the Motion Picture Academy a bunch of offers this year that they really hope members can't refuse. And with new big competitors looming everywhere, it seems like, the success of these offers matters to Netflix more than ever. Last year, Netflix's Oscar hopes rested on a Spanish-language period art house film, a star-studded horror genre pick, and an anthology of pitch-dark comic western shorts. This year's awards candidates are more mainstream, more traditionally Oscar bait, and really just more. Ten films will get special theatrical releases for one to four weeks before they debut on Netflix, up from just three such films last year. That will boost media attention both around each theatrical release because of the media noise around just every week's releases. That's just how Hollywood works and the Hollywood media machine works. So having these things in theaters will uh, raise the visibility for these things more than they would if they just showed up on Netflix. As well, it will make a difference as these films, and certainly some of them will be there, are involved in the Oscar and other awards campaigns and races going through until February when we have the final Oscar ceremony. That will boost media attention pretty much everywhere. It can't come at a better time for Netflix with Apple TV+, Disney+, HBO Max, and other competitors on the way. The big theatrical slate represents a huge shift for a company that two years ago eschewed such releases completely. Netflix still doesn't report grosses, unlike virtually every other studio, nor can it get big chains to run the films. The chains want around 90 days of exclusive access to theater-only releases. Netflix is giving no more than about 30, though there were reports that they might be open to something like 70, and even that was too much for the big chains. That means the films will run in places like Landmark and iPix and other specialty houses, Alamo Drafthouse, all fantastic places to see movies and ones I would strongly urge you check out if you get the chance. But uh, the big boys like Regal and AMC uh, don't want to let the camel's nose under this particular tent. So, to the smaller theaters, Netflix will go. In fact, between September 7th and December 20th, it seems like a week won't go by without at least one Netflix film in theaters only. Topping that list is as likely a candidate for old-school Oscar glory as you can imagine. The Irishman, a crime drama about a mafia hitman and one of his possible victims, union leader Jimmy Hoffa, who disappeared in 1975, probably at the hands of his mafia former overlords. The film was directed by Martin Scorsese, who has 12 Oscar nominations, but somehow only one win for another period mob movie, The Departed, set in Boston with Irish mobsters. The Irishman's cast, 
is studded with Oscar winners, too. Robert De Niro, who has two, Al Pacino, who has one, Joe Pesci and Anna Paquin, alongside Emmy winners Ray Romano and Bobby Cannavale, along with a bunch of other folks that you've heard of. That cast and a story that jumps decades, requiring pricey visual effects to reverse age its venerable stars, came at great cost, $159 million or even more, depending on the estimates you believe. And that's before Netflix begins the Oscar campaigns in earnest. To give the film a better chance for the Academy's more fogey-ish voters, it will debut in theaters on November 1st, before coming to Netflix on Thanksgiving Eve, November 27th. Nothing like a movie about a hitman when all the families in town are gathered around the digital hearth for a heartwarming family experience. The Irishman is, in every imaginable way, a huge contrast to 2018 when Mexican auteur Alfonso Cuaron's Roma won for foreign language film, directing, and cinematography. As I wrote after last winter's Oscar ceremony, quote, Roma is about as unlikely a heavyweight as you could imagine. A black and white film, shot in the Spanish and Mistec languages, gently mining a tumultuous period in the life of a maid working in an upper-class household in 1970s Mexico City. It doesn't get more art house in construct than that. And yet, it did pretty darn well. Netflix spent lavishly on Roma's Oscar campaign. Estimates ranged as high as $60 million, but were never confirmed, and showed it only in theaters for nearly a month. That was a big step for the company, and it showed how much they believed in Roma. It paid off at least somewhat with those three Oscars. It also gave lesser theater-only runs to The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, which got three nominations for the Coen brothers and uh, some of their creators, and Bird Box, which ended up as one of the most viewed Netflix movies ever. And Roma was a huge success in nearly every way, but it lost the biggest prize of all, Best Picture, to Green Book, a traditionally structured buddy picture with a kind of feel-good message of white jerk redemption that reliably sets Academy voters' hearts aflutter. This year, Netflix is taking more swings and fewer chances with its Oscar contenders, and not just with The Irishman, as expensive as that one is. First up, beginning September 7th, in theaters is The Laundromat, from Oscar-winning do-everything filmmaker Steven Soderbergh, excavating that vast Panama Papers scandal. It features Oscar winners Meryl Streep and Gary Oldman, Oscar nominees Sharon Stone and James Cromwell, and Golden Globe winner Jeffrey Wright. Given my own time in Panama the last two years and my abiding affection for Soderbergh's cinematic adventures and experiments, I'm particularly looking forward to this one and seeing what he does with it. And given that Netflix will keep the film in theaters for more than a month, it clearly has high hopes for the laundromat as well. Other promising projects include David Michaud's The King. It features heartthrob Timothée Chalamet, who already has an Oscar nomination for Call Me By Your Name, and the slightly older heartthrob Robert Pattinson, in a drama about King Henry V as a young man. Yes, Shakespeare had a few things to say about Hal and Falstaff, but this one promises to attract a mix of prestige period film fans and quivery teens that should be remarkable to watch, even beyond the film itself. Oscar-nominated writer-director Noah Baumbach's latest, Marriage Story, features Scarlett Johansson and Oscar nominees Laura Dern and Adam Driver, hitting theaters November 6th, a month before it comes to Netflix. It feels like the kind of Oscar-bait project that reliably generates writing and acting nominations. The two popes, from the Oscar-nominated Fernando Moraes, uh, who did City of God most beautifully, 
Features Jonathan Price and Oscar winner Anthony Hopkins as Catholic Pope Benedict, who retired amid controversy, and his successor, Pope Francis. It arrives Thanksgiving Eve in theaters just as The Irishman finally hits Netflix. The two popes won't be on Netflix until December 20th. Senegalese immigrant love story, Atlantics, which won the Cannes Film Festival's grand prize from the jury this year, looks like a serious contender too, at least defend Roma's foreign language crowd. And there are some less obvious contenders. Dolomite Is My Name stars Eddie Murphy in a biopic about rap and comedy pioneer Rudy Ray Moore and his blaxploitation film alter ego, Dolomite. Murder thriller Earthquake Bird features Alicia Vikander and Elvis Presley's granddaughter, the model and actress Riley Keough. There are even two animated films in the list. The mainstream Christmas title Klaus, coming out in early November, and the decidedly less mainstream I Lost My Body, about a hand in search of the rest of itself, also coming out in November, but a little bit later. It's quite a slate, one I would say no traditional Hollywood studio or any of the eminent streaming services about to launch can match in volume or really in terms of likely quality. And that's the point. Netflix will leverage the attention these movies will generate to send a message. You can find lots of top-notch films and other quality content here. It's worth the $13.99 you plunk down every month, even as other streaming services arrive with their own cool shows. Awards signify quality. It's vital for Netflix to send that message at a time when its competitors already are throwing shade and subtweets. Sure, they say, the Netflix catalog is big, but who can find anything good there? More Oscar and Emmy wins, because we have the Emmys coming up in just a little while will submerge that message. And it's not just the new competition that can be affected by a quality message. After last season's Oscar wins, Netflix raised prices, then saw subscriber numbers drop in the United States for only the second time in the company's history. Pick up several Oscars for The Irishman, The Two Popes, Marriage Story, Atlantics, The Laundromat, etc., and a lot of these problems ease. Expect to see Netflix movies in all kinds of places and promotions for Netflix movies, and even more places over the next three months. I'll see you at the theater. So that's our show. I'll see you at the theater. So that's our show. I hope you enjoyed it. I uh, will be back with more very quickly. And in the meantime, if you like what you hear, please rate, review, share it, subscribe, do all those wonderful things that uh, tell the magic algorithm machines that you'd love me, you'd really love me, as Sally Field might put it. You can send me a message, an audio message, by way of uh, a tool that uh, Anchor.fm makes possible across all 10 platforms on which we are carried. I can use those in the show if I get a good one, and I look forward to hearing from you. You can also drop me a note on Twitter, at David Bloom, or on LinkedIn, at David L. Bloom. Please connect and let me know what you're thinking, and we'll go from there. In the meantime, if you really like my show, there is a way you can support it. You can become an official supporter through Anchor.fm, chip in a few bucks to keep the well-oiled media machine rolling. would love to have you do that and be a true backer. Otherwise, I hope all is well. You all have a great Labor Day weekend to come, and I look forward to talking more with all of you as the Oscar season gets rolling in fine form in days to come. This is David Bloom for Bloom and Tech, over and out.
You've been listening to Bloom in Tech. I am your host, David Bloom. Thanks so much. And our podcast has been sponsored in this episode by Fabric Media in Venice, California. Take care, everyone. Thank you.